0: Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. This week we're talking one aspect of a very, very large topic, privilege. Specifically, we're talking about a privilege that a lot of trans people don't have which makes things so much harder for us. Time and money. Hi, I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the rain to my bow, Susan Bridges. (laughs) That is the most perfect one you've ever done. Yeah, thank you. I try. Our guest this week is Max, a screenwriter from Sonoma, California, pursuing his childhood dream of making movies he is now proud to call Los Angeles home. As a gay trans man, Max is passionate about bringing more gay and trans-centered stories to the forefront. Max writes character-based dramas, specifically stories that examine complicated relationship dynamics. Welcome, Max.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Okay, so I have a question for you to start off here. As someone who is also gay and also trans, did your sexuality complicate discovering your transness at all? Because, like, the fact that I'm attracted to women and also wanted to be a woman made things so complicated for me before I figured it all out.
1: I think for me, what made it hard is. Yeah, like it definitely impacted it for me, I think. I think it would have been, well, I don't know, easier. It's hard to know because you only know your own experience. But I want to say I think it would have been easier if I was straight because, like, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I would have been like, oh, I I want to be in the male role of, like, a relationship or whatever. But I, I didn't want to be in, like, I'm, I'm like even in my gay relationships, I I don't want to be like in the more like, you know, stereotypically male role of the relationship. So I guess I was like, oh, like, you know, I'm I'm more or less happy with my relationship dynamics, but I just feel weird and uncomfortable all the time. I guess that's just vibes. I that's just how everyone feels. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it definitely made it hard, and I think too. There was just not, like, I transitioned in 2016. There just wasn't as much visibility at that time for trans men specifically. Yeah. And so I just didn't really see it as an option.
0: Yeah. You know, I did a whole episode of this show about trans men and how they're kind of erased from society and the dis- discussion around things. And, like, for me, it was hard because all of my, well, I should say most of my reference points for trans women were very negative, all the bad stereotypes that you see in the media and in the news. But for you and for other trans men, it must be a similar but yet unique experience because you really don't get hardly anything. You're just sort of not present when you look at like media and even the discussions going around about trans people. Trans men are so often forgotten and left out of that. So that must have made it a lot harder.
1: No, for sure. Like the only... I'm trying to think like the only people that I was like aware of prior to coming out who were like trans men were uh, I I might remember something like later I'm sure like after we record this I'll be like oh <laughs> always but...
0: that's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: but I I think was was Chaz Bono and and yeah, okay. I wasn't like super like aware of who he was as a person necessarily I just remember my mom like briefly mentioning him to me a couple times so I wasn't like oh I, I I know all about this guy or anything and then this wasn't in the media or anything but just someone that I had gone to school with but he was a number of years older than me and he transitioned but it wasn't like we were friends or anything like yeah. that it was just someone that like I was in the like community where I lived. So it just, yeah, I was like, oh, I, I don't see this happening around me.
0: Yeah. I, I often wonder about how much, I guess, quicker or easier it would have been to realize things if we had those sort of good, positive, everyday, hey, this is normal role models to look at ahead of time. It, if trans people were more normalized in that way, uh, it would help so many people. But, you know, that's one of the things that I, I hope we can do with Stuff like this podcast, so that's why I think it's important to to do it and, and to have people like you on and and talk like this and get this kind of this info out there for people. You know, hopefully, it helps somebody figure something out somewhere along the way. So, all right, for you, what has been the best part about transitioning?
1: I mean, I'm sure many people say this in the answer to this question, but just like being comfortable and confident in myself. I mean, I, I know that that is always a work in progress for everybody, yeah. regardless of cis, trans, whatever. But like, I don't know, just especially as the years have gone on, it is just like a night and day difference for me. So that is like the best part. And just like people it's brought into my life, especially over the past year.
0: Yeah, it's amazing, right? After you go your whole life, not feeling comfortable in your body or like your body was even yours. And the way that changes, it's just it changes your entire life, your worldview, your the way you experience the world. It's it's absolutely bonkers.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Well, on the flip side of that, what has been the worst or maybe one of the most difficult parts of transitioning for you?
1: I think just I don't know. This is the answer that just comes to mind right now, today. Yeah. I feel like whenever I'm like, okay, like, it's over, like, it's I'm done dealing with being misgendered by people in my life. It it can still on occasion happen. Like I was just talking to one of my friends about this topic the other day. And I was just saying how, you know, I feel like I can really like, pretty much 100% of the 100% of the time, I would say walk through the world and be red as is, is what I am but like there was I would say like a year ago the Verizon guy came to our door and like called me she and I was like what's happening still things like that can happen and I do believe that like if I had been like a, a feminine cis gay guy he might have said the same thing like I can think of a couple of my friends who that might happen to who are cis but it just carries such different weight, obviously being trans.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's weird because you can like get blindsided by it out of nowhere. Because you know, like you said, you can go a long time where it doesn't happen, and you're like, "Oh, great, the world finally sees me as me." And then someone comes along and smacks you with something terrible. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's rough. I get it. It's hard, even when it's completely ridiculous. Like, yeah. When you're like doing everything possible to code yourself in the way you want to be seen, and you're like, what else do I have to do to make you read me the way I am? Yeah. You know? It's
1: just bizarre to me sometimes.
0: And also that like people are absolutely obsessed with, you know, gendering people at all. Like, yeah. why? Just stop. It's not a thing you need to do, right? You don't need to ma'am or sir anybody. No, you could just say thank you and end it there. And it it works. It's fine. It's just... um, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get into this week's topic, where can people find you online if they'd like more of Max after listening?
1: Instagram is probably the best place. And it's just my first and last name with a period in the middle. So it's Max... Dot Lukey, so, M-A-X period L-U-Q-U-E on Instagram.
0: Fabulous. All right. So, privilege manifests in so many ways in our society, and the biggest one that I have is that I'm white. So, so white, painfully white. You can read about that and so many other vectors of marginalization in the Trans Tuesday on Trans Intersectionality, which was episode 10 of this show. I have further privilege, however, even among trans women. It manifests as time, money, and acceptance. Acceptance got its own Trans Tuesday as well, so check up on what real cis acceptance looks like if you missed it, episode 5 of this podcast. One way that time manifested as a privilege for me was in all of the exercising I used to change my body before I started my social and medical transitions. And it was very, very much a part of my transition. And you can see the Trans Tuesday on body hacking for that, which was also episode nine. But guess what exercise takes? Time, 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 time. Depending on what I'm doing that day, my push-ups, bicep curls, ab exercises, a run, stretching, showering, the entire process can eat up one and a half to two hours of my day. And that's without doing my hair, which takes another hour and a half on its own. And this is why I only do my hair twice a week. It takes a lot of time and the products cost a lot of money. You can already see how being so very busy recently in terms of my writing career has lessened the amount I can exercise and how that's affected me somewhat in my three-year retrospective, which was episode 29 of this show. And do you know what else takes a lot of time? Trying to find clothing of any type that i like and that will also fit and look good on my six-foot-tall body, which most women's clothes aren't exactly made for. Way back when I first started my transition and hadn't yet had changes from HRT and hadn't been able to or figured out how to shave so that I'm stubble-free all day, I always had beard shadow on my face. Makeup helped that, but I could still see the shadow through it, so I put Hollywood-quality beard cover on first. Extensive beard cover takes time. The rest of the makeup takes time. On a day when I would exercise, shave, deal with body hair, and put makeup on, you're talking four hours of my day. I generally don't do all of that on the same day for a reason. And yeah, hormones take time and require patience. See the Trans Tuesday on Hormone Replacement Therapy for more info. But it takes years to see the full effects of that, and there's no telling exactly what those effects will be. You can see the Google Doc and social media versions of my three-year retrospective for a visual representation of how slow those changes are. And for people who need or want surgical procedures, the wait is often years long, and there can be months of prep for the patient beforehand and then months of recovery. Although I'm going to add, you have plenty of clothes now. We have a lot of clothes. I do. We have all the clothes. Yes. We're, well, that's okay. Hold on. We're going to get there. Hold on. Okay. Because I wanted to ask Max, what has the time factor been like for you? Because have you had all the time that you needed to get all of these things figured out? Because when you don't have enough and it takes a long time, it can feel like you're, you're stuck almost. Like you can't get to where you need to be.
1: Yeah, I it used to be a bigger issue for me I think than it is now. I will say that uh, between myself and my two partners like just the 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 amount of appointments they go to combined just for whatever throughout the year, like I I just go to so much more and it's yeah pretty much the majority of them are because of like trans related things. But then I also have like migraine things and just other sure. things. And I feel like, I feel like I'm always just having like weird just issues. And, you know, I've been sick a number of times the past few years and urgent care whatever. But like, the point is, is like the time for the appointments. That is what has eaten up a lot. And it used to more than it does now but it does take a lot of time. And then like the other, like last week I did go in for labs and I kind of, I was like, oh, I know in the back of my mind, this is coming up. This is coming up. This is coming up. I know it's sometime during the summer, but then your doctor just messages you out of the blue and is like, you need to do labs like right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, okay. So you have to get in and do it. And so I don't know, just stuff like that takes a lot of time. And I do go to the gym. And part of that is like, yeah, I mean, I guess like, yeah, maintaining like my body is is definitely like a transition related yeah, thing. But... Yeah. And I think I might have been more fixated on my like appearance in a more time consuming way earlier on than I sure. am now. Because I'm just more comfortable with myself now. And I think I just I have it more figured out now, too. Like, I'm like, I know what I like to wear. I have the clothes in my closet that I actually like. Uh, But before, I think I was more putting more thought into it in ways that were more stressful and time consuming.
0: Yeah, I think there's also something like when you're brand new into transition or, or still very early on, you're worried more about getting misgendered or or what have you, when you're in public. And mm-hmm. so you're trying to you're trying to think about all the things you can do to try to avoid that. Yeah, it takes more time to even figure out what you want to wear because, oh, if I go out in this, is somebody going to call me sir instead of ma'am? Or, you know, like I, I have some tops that are more gender neutral and I don't want to wear those when I go out because somebody might misgender me. So I got to look through and be sure I'm picking something that I think is going to, you know, telegraph femininity to them or something. So uh, yeah, it definitely it eats up a lot of time. And you know what? All of those things that I previously mentioned also cost money. And I'm not hitting any of you up out there for cash. Please don't send me anything. But I needed clothes to exercise in, right? And I wear out a pair of running shoes in like eight to 10 weeks. And those can be over $60 a pair. And makeup costs money and gets used up and you have to replace it. And do you have any idea how much replacing an entire wardrobe costs? Look through your closets and dressers and you've probably got a lot more than you think you do. I know I did. And now imagine every piece of it made you feel awful and you needed to replace every single item. That's a lot of money. And with clothes, you're not going to really know what is and isn't your style until you really get to experiment with it. And you can listen to next week's episode all about trying to figure that out. But it can mean replacing even your new clothes as you figure stuff out. And that's even more money. And HRT costs money and not all insurance covers it. And if surgical procedures are needed, those are mega expensive and not all insurances cover those. If I can eventually get laser and hair removal or electrolysis, that's money. Voice therapy, my insurance covered it, but not all do. That's more money. And things like voice therapy, they take so much time. You can see my original Trans Tuesday on beginning voice therapy and its follow-up where I quote-unquote graduated After two years of work, and I still have to keep practicing all the time. So, Max, what's the money situation been like for you? Has your transition also been incredibly costly as insurance covered all the care you needed?
1: Not at all. So, yeah, touching just quickly on the wardrobe piece. Yeah, that was something I didn't even think to like. Like, I remember being like, oh, now that I know what's going on, I can't just wear these clothes anymore and I remember the first thing I was like I need all new underwear and (laughs) underwear is not inexpensive yeah clothes are not inexpensive and I just and also I remember being like I don't know what size I am in anything and oh yeah figuring that out was such a pain totally and just I feel like I just had so much of my money was spent and I was like in college I was 20 so I didn't have money to be spending on stuff like that so I like tried to buy some of my own clothes my grandparents took me shopping I remember at one point like the the lucky thing for me and I have immense amount of privilege in this is like I had emotional support and like financial support in these ways like from my family members so like. My, i remember like very early on my grandparents took me shopping to buy all new like pants like jeans specifically oh that's so sweet yeah because that's expensive it is um especially if you don't i'm like you can buy something fast but it's gonna fall apart mm-hmm. but yeah like in terms of like insurance covering stuff my top surgery i was fortunate enough to have my parents pay for it but we, we had to pay entirely out of pocket for that. And it was like Oof. thousands of dollars. And yeah. it was, we had to go to Florida for it too. It was in like by Fort Lauderdale-ish area. I don't remember what the exact town was, but it was from Dr. Garamoni in Florida. And yeah, that, so just that whole trip and everything. I'm like, you can imagine how much that was because it wasn't just like, oh, you go and get surgery for a day and then you leave. No, you, you're there for the, the pre-op and then the, the operation yeah. and then- the post-op appointment so we were there for like I want to say it was like 11 days so it was me my mom and my now husband so like yeah it, it was It it's a lot of of, of time money resources to yeah do stuff like this
0: yeah because then on top of just the the surgery actual cost you've got travel and hotels and all the food while you're there and it just all stacks up and it's not an easy thing for a lot of people to Never access, First it takes a long time, right? You, you would lose income however long you're out of work. Yeah. Well, I want folks listening to remember that all we've talked about so far, while I talk for a minute about acceptance, and I'm going to tie them together after, but it really is all about privilege, so please stick with me. When many trans people come out, they risk, well, everything. Family may, and often do, reject us, cut us out of their lives, become actively hostile, and sometimes, sadly, even violent. Friends can too. Marriages and relationships can change and often even end. We risk losing our jobs, which can mean we risk losing our insurance or finding out our insurance doesn't remotely cover the help we need. 21% of trans people lived in poverty in 2021 and 35% lived in poverty in 2020. The pandemic and lockdown are mucking with the numbers there, but you're talking anywhere from a fifth to a third of all trans people. There's an article in the show notes about it. To get on HRT, you ideally need an endocrinologist, hopefully one who's experienced with it, and trans people. In large parts of this country, there are not a ton of endocrinologists, even fewer with the right experience, and some outright refuse to see trans patients. If you want to see the messes that can lead to, see the Trans Tuesday on Anecdotal Trans Healthcare, episode 20 of this show. Even right now, I'm in the middle of fighting with my endocrinologist who has outdated information on HRT that I'm trying to fix. If you need surgical procedures, there are a very small number of doctors able, willing, and skilled enough to perform those procedures, and you may not be able to find one. As Max said, you may have to travel across the country, which costs money. And some people have even traveled across the world, which is so much money, to get the care that they need. Which is really funny where, you know, transphobes are like, people are being rushed into surgery. I'm like, please try to rush into any surgery. I'd like to see Impossible. how goes for you. Yeah. Like with any surgery, with any any, insurance, it's like literally impossible. So now imagine a trans woman who's maybe a single parent working two jobs in a highly conservative area of the country. She has no extra time. She has no extra money. And telling literally anyone around her could mean blowing up her life and putting herself in danger. Now go back to the Trans Tuesday on trans intersectionality that I mentioned earlier and add in other vectors of marginalization this trans single mom might face that caused her to have even less time and money. Me, I was fully accepted across the board by every person in my friends and family that I told with one asshole holdout. Susan not only accepted me, but has helped me and been there for me every step of the way. Our son was great about it too. Max, you talked about this a little bit, but what was acceptance like for you? Did you have any struggles with it from people that you cared about? Or, or was it pretty good all the way through? It was like... Uh...
1: I, I feel even guilty talking about it because people have it so much worse than me. But, like, it was there was like an awkward week with my parents because I feel like they were in denial, slash, didn't know what to do, slash, they were scared or yeah. just, you know, those types of things. But then afterwards, I was like, guys, this is like not going away. LOL. And <laughs> then, then they were like, very quickly like with it on board whatever they, they did not just to be clear outright reject me anything like they were like supportive but just sort of like I don't really know you know and then just didn't yeah. really address it at all in the week that went by between us talking which was honestly like horrible for me as you can imagine like it's such a vulnerable yeah. thing yeah 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 and then Yeah, that was really, like, everyone else in my life, there wasn't even necessarily an awkward, I remember one of my friends asked to talk about it, like, because I texted all my friends, or something, that I had sent them an email, and one of my friends asked to have an in-person conversation about it, just to get, like, he had some, like, questions, and, like, whatever, but everyone in my life has been, like, accepting, except for, like, my, like, some of my, like, extended extended family who I never really saw anyway so it wasn't like it didn't feel like a huge loss for me I think it just made things more if anything it made things more awkward for maybe like my mom and my grandparents like yeah like figuring out how they wanted to like go forward in those relationships themselves knowing that but for for me personally I was just surrounded with like love and support so yeah
0: I'm very glad for that and and yeah a lot of I, I feel guilty sometimes, too, because I didn't really have to face any of that, you know, rejection or, or major loss that so many trans people do. And it's terrible that that happens just because people want to be themselves and stop living a lie, you know. But, like, we're, we, Susan and I, we're financially stable. I can afford to replace my running shoes when needed, to slowly replace my wardrobe, to get makeup. Our insurance, so far, covers everything that I've needed with copays and the like, but still... I've been able to make the time to do things I need to do to feel more at home in my own body and still write and have time with family and friends. Though I wish those things took less time, but maybe they will eventually. But so many trans people don't have all of that. Some don't have any of that. The fact that I have any of it, much less all of it, means I have so much more privilege than so many trans people. And you can see how I recognized that and decided to use it when I announced that the website for Trans Tuesdays and this podcast and talked about why I started doing them in the first place. Spoiler, wanted to use my privilege to help. That was the very first episode I did of this podcast to set the stage so you knew where I was coming from. A lot of it is luck. We were very, very poor for a very long time. I couldn't have done any of what I'm doing now back then. We had no money, and I had no time. Susan was often working 16-hour days, and I was a full-time stay-at-home parent. There was literally nothing I could have done. Max, did you ever have a time when it would have been impossible for you to transition? Or like, even if you hadn't realized you were trans yet, you know, there would have been nothing you could have done about it if you had realized
1: it earlier? I, not really. I mean, not really. I think it would have been pretty much fine for me because I would have had my parents because like I was I was pretty young still like I was like 20 and I was living at home for the first year of my transition which I was honestly very helpful because of everything that was going on because I had top surgery like uh, what like I came out like May of like 2016 and I got top surgery that December so like it was a very quick thing for me so like yeah, I don't know. I feel like if it had been earlier, it would have just meant relying on my parents even more. Like I remember paying for my own you know, when you have to like file for all that like name and oh, gender yeah. marker like documentation change stuff. And the whole thing, yeah. It's, yeah. Expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. It was it's like, not it was, cheap. It was yeah, very expensive. It was hundreds of dollars and yeah. I just remember you know, I was 20, I was working, I was, you know, a a college student and I was working part-time, like in our little like writing center at my school. And I was like, this is a lot of money for me. Like, this is a crazy lot of money for me. Yeah. But if I transitioned earlier, I, my, my parents would have, would have just, been the ones paying for that. so i I think the thing for me is like because of the age I was at and my parents' support and their just ability to financially support me as well, it would have just meant like I had to lean even more on them in certain ways. But, yeah, I, I hope that makes sense,
0: yeah, it does absolutely. And I'm really glad that you have that because, you know, looking back at the, the time when I knew that there was no way I could have transitioned, you know, I didn't consciously know I was trans, but I, I've i always known, you know, looking back, the signs were always there. And just waiting the time that I had to wait after knowing to transition, if I had known and there was absolutely nothing I could have done about it, it would have just felt impossible. I would have felt trapped. And it, it would have been really, really, really hard to deal with. But to the folks listening... I hope I've been able to convey through some of these previous episodes how awful gender dysphoria is and how much it hurts and how it can feel like we're suffocating or drowning and how isolating it is. And there is, of course, a Trans Tuesday on that, which I'll eventually revamp into an episode of this show. But, you know, like I was just saying, imagine someone feeling that way and seeing no way out, not even the chance for incremental things to at least see some progress. I'm sure that's part of the reason mental health issues like depression and anxiety so often occur in trans people before transitioning. There are presently over 8,000 GoFundMe pages for trans causes and folks who are trying to raise money for needed procedures, for clothes, for housing, to escape violent home situations. There's a link to them in the show notes. Please spare a moment to think of all the trans people who don't have all the remarkable privilege I still do. If you're able, please find a few of those trans folks and causes that could use your help and give them your support. Thank you for being here, Max. Thank you. To the cis people listening, please be aware of the massive privilege every cis person has and that you don't have to deal with any of this just to try to finally feel like yourself for the first time in your life. What a magical thing that must be. Tilly Bridges, end transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Gillian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at Tillybridges at mastodon.social, at Facebook.com slash Tilly Bridges and on Insta at Heck yeah, Bridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at Tuesdays.com For more information, visit PendantAudio.com Thanks for listening!